0: Welcome to another great episode of the Black Equity Podcast. And once again, we are about to have a really dope conversation with a fellow podcaster and uh, someone that I truly admire and respect uh, in this wealth space. You know, for me, when I first got into, you know, talking about generational wealth, it was... uh, it wasn't really just about generational wealth. It was really about economic justice. That's kind of where um, my beginnings were. I just wanted us to, as a culture and as a community, have uh, the same type of economic opportunities that any other communities had. That's where all this began. And then it became uh, a conversation about generational wealth. And then you start noticing... In this space, there are so many people, not so many, but there were people that are already building platforms around black wealth. And then you actually meet these people or you reach out to these people and the energy and the frequency didn't feel like black wealth to me. It didn't feel like uh, what I thought it would feel like. Right. It was very competitive, which is nothing wrong with competition, by the way, but it was very competitive, very cutthroat. Um, and I think what we're seeing now in the the culture and the community is so many people built platforms and they were just throwing all kinds of people on their platforms and not necessarily vetting any of these people. They just wanted people with really huge followers and not necessarily subject matter experts. And so I'll say that there's a lot of so-called gatekeepers in this community of black wealth and really wealth in general. And uh, I believe that this conversation is a timeless conversation on wealth because we're about to get the imposters out. We're going to get all the gatekeepers out of the way because I ran into a lot of them. A lot of people were trying to stand in the way because they didn't necessarily reach where they wanted to reach. They just found out just a little bit of information and then they wanted to stand by the gate and sell it to you and then stop you from uh, going where you needed to go. And so we're putting an end to that uh, with this episode. Uh, By the end of this episode, we're taking all the gatekeepers out of the wealth talk and the generational wealth talk. They got to go. They got to be disposed of. And the best way to get rid of them is just simply by telling the truth. And so our guest today, Alicia Grant, is going to stop by and we're going to have a timeless conversation on wealth. And we're also going to talk about these uh, gatekeepers, these wealth gatekeepers that uh, we've both experienced. We've both had an opportunity or the misfortune of, of meeting, depending on how you look at it. And uh, hopefully this blesses you as much as it blessed me. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into this episode. I'm DJ Motri of Black Equity Network, and welcome to the Black Equity Podcast. back for another great episode of Black Equity Podcast. I am excited about this conversation. Anytime we can start talking about wealth, legacy, and I get to talk to another podcaster who has a different perspective or maybe a similar perspective, I get definitely excited uh, to jump into that kind of conversation. Uh, So on the line is Alicia Grant. And I am excited to introduce uh, her to our audience. Alicia, welcome to Black Equity Podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Definitely. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So for those who do not know who you are, uh, introduce yourself. Tell us about your company and also your podcast, where I, where I found uh, your, your podcast and I started listening a couple of weeks ago.
1: Yeah, amazing. So my name is Alicia Grant. Um, a few things I come from a corporate background so literally just two months ago i left the corporate world to pursue exactly what you were talking about wealth and financial literacy education so my husband and i launched a platform called matrix legacy inc and the whole idea is how do we spread the information that we have because we really had to dig for the information our parents only knew how to teach us what they knew but obviously there was some some parts that were missing and so Just over this journey, I would say it's about a three-year journey that we've been on, just collecting information and mentorship and experiences. And now we're just in a space where we can share and help people build wealth into every area of their life, not just their bank account. So we've launched an app. To promote the financial literacy we've got matrix legacy academy that just opened up this month um we've got a network marketing business that we're able to leverage against everything that we've got going on and then on top of that uh i'm a podcaster my husband hops in as a co-host every now and then but um the whole vision is just how do we help people understand that wealth is a mindset because as soon as we understood that that is when that comma started moving in the bank account. So now our vision is how do we just help more people create that wealth in their lives? And so that's, that's where we are today.
0: All right. So you didn't threw a lot at me here. Um, <laughs> so wealth is a mindset. You talked about the corporate position. Um, tell me about that journey. Before you knew wealth was a mindset, what was the mindset before then?
1: Yes. So coming up, and, and this is why I said, our parents only know how to teach us what they know. Then mm-hmm. it's because they, they don't necessarily know the right thing. And I think a lot of us get stuck in that. This is how it's always been. So this is how it is. I always had some, I don't know what it was, something in me that just said, there has to be more to this. I saw my grandparents do the paycheck to paycheck. My parents do the paycheck to paycheck. So I'm like, okay, obviously this doesn't work. Something's got to give. I don't want to be in my 40s, 50s, still worrying about student loans and things of that nature. So how do I get ahead of this? So even from when I was younger, I had to struggle with my parents to get a job because they were like, focus on your grades. You're really smart. You're getting straight A's. If you get a job, it might throw it off. And I had to come up with a whole plan and show them like, guys, this is why. And I could have this much money for school, et cetera, et cetera. So I get a job when I'm 15. And so I was just working, saving, saving, saving. So by the time it was time to go to university, I had some money stacked up. So I, I wouldn't be in debt by the time that I graduated. Right. And so now I'm just following the path, going to school, getting a degree, getting a good job. So I graduate from university now, thankfully debt-free, because I've been working all the way through. And I get into the corporate world and I'm thinking, okay, this is going to be everything that it's supposed to be. This is what we work for. And so I I get in this corporate position, a managerial role, which was fantastic. I got like two promotions in three years. I'm in a space where I've got the company car and the office and all of that glitz and glamour that's supposed to be the ideal. That's what you see on TV. That's what people strive for. But what I was realizing is I'm giving all of my best energy To this place, and I have to squeeze in my family on the side, I got to squeeze in my passion on the side, and I constantly was feeling like I was shrinking myself. Mm -hmm. That kind of gave me an idea that I wasn't necessarily meant for the corporate space. But more than that, my mother was diagnosed with fibromyalgia. So it's a chronic pain disorder. So I just knew that I had to find a way to be able to retire. But there's no reason she should be at a desk crying because she's in pain working for a job she doesn't even enjoy. I'm thinking in my head, what can I do? So I asked my boss, okay, you say I'm doing great. You say I'm a fantastic addition to the team. What do you need to see from me in order to get a raise? He then tells me, honestly, hey, sorry, there's, there's nothing that we can do here. You got to wait for your review time and then you'll get anywhere from a 2 to a 5% raise. And I said, OK, but what if I do more? What if I add this? And what if I break these people in? And what if I create this? And he said, sorry, that's just the way the structure is. So right away that registered to me, OK, you don't care how valuable I become. You don't care if I work my butt off or if I just do enough to hold on to this position. And that just didn't sit right with me. So... I'm out, my husband and I just networking, trying to figure out what in the world, how are we going to do this? There's the haves in the world who have a lot. They've got everything they want, the happiness, the funding, everything. How do we get there? So we start networking and we meet a mentor who basically teaches us how we're able to leverage different industries to get money out of the way as an issue in order to do the things that we love. So it was truly one, just seeing so many uncomfortable positions, that argument against money, that seeing that my mom was in a position where I, I needed to get from point A to point B a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to be able to provide in a way that I hadn't yet seen. And so that's kind of, I guess, just that drive. Me just wanting to be able to serve my, my parents in the way that they had served me was really what drove me to go and want to go find more information on how to build wealth. So I hope that. Oh,
0: definitely. I, yeah. I love that. Because I was, I was stuck in the corporate world, too. Yeah. And I, I use the word stuck loosely because at any time I could have walked out, right? But for some strange reason, I just kept saying, well, maybe it'll get better. And uh, maybe I can work my way up. And, but you notice that, you know, the structure wasn't necessarily uh, built for us to be our highest and best version of, of ourselves, so what is the highest and best version of yourself now that you kind of walked away and you're like, okay, I'm gonna build this. Now you can be anything you want to be, which you always could have been. Yeah. But now we know we got that mindset. So what is the highest and best version of yourself now?
1: you know what? I'm still in search of it. And I'm in Mm. search of it every single day because another piece that was missing. And exactly how you said, we are in this uh, corporate world. We could have walked away at any time, but we feel trapped. They call Mm. it the golden handcuffs because Mm. it's painted really pretty. It looks real good. It's supposed to feel good. That's what everybody's talking about, but it's not what it seems because you, each one of us is called here for something. We're called Mm. here. We have a gift. We're supposed to do something. And when you're in the wrong space, you're going to feel that, that misalignment. And so, One of the missing pieces, somebody handed a book to me about three years ago, um, and it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Okay. And that's when I was introduced to the world of personal development. I did not know that personal development was something you could do. I just knew there were some people finding a lot of success, and there were some people who weren't, and I, I had no idea what it was. As soon as I started reading that book, I realized, oh my goodness, there's information out here that... If somebody doesn't put it in your face, you might not ever stumble on it. Like somebody's really got to show it to you. And you also have to be open-minded enough to pick it up. So when you say, what is the best version of yourself? I I haven't found it yet. Every single day, I'm kind of reinventing myself and trying to push the envelope in a different area, whether it be in my health, whether it be in the way that I speak, whether it be in my relationships, whatever that looks like. I'm not yet sure what the best version of myself is. Only God knows that. And so I'm just working towards creating whatever it is that he's had, that he has set out for me really. And so it's a constant, like it's a daily evolution that, that I'm going through for that journey.
0: So you mentioned one of my, it used to be in my top five. I think it, I think it might've slid to my top 10.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Cause I found some other books that I really love, but it's still, it's still up there. What, what stands out to you when you are reading Cause it's a page turner. I think I might've read that in like a day, maybe, maybe two. Um, what stood out to you with Rich Dad Poor Dad?
1: You know what? It was the craziest thing because I had never really understood what entrepreneurship was. And I didn't know that that was an option for me. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I, we learned, we go to school and we learned one way to make money. And the reason that these schools only teach us one way is because we need really good employees to run these big corporations, because that's how the economy keeps going. But the issue is, if you go to school and you only learn one way to make money, you almost don't even realize that there's another option, because your brain is conditioned only to look for opportunities in as an employee. And so when I opened that book, and it was just such a beautiful contrast between the nine to five and the entrepreneur life. And it was a different mindset. And so some of the things he was speaking about in there, I was like, wow, I thought about this, but I've never seen it because nobody around me was doing it and nobody around me was talking about it. So it was like that book was pulling out things that I didn't even realize I had in me. And exactly how you said it was a page turner. I could not stop reading that book. And then I found out there was another one called the cash flow quadrant. And I was like, I'm in that too. (laughs) Right, right. I think it was just really seeing my thoughts or my premature thoughts developed on paper. And I was like, whoa, what? what is this place? And I start seeing the world in a different way instantly as soon as I finished reading that book because it was such a, a, a drastic contrast between the two where there's no denying, okay, um, there's more options here. Now I can see the things that I didn't know were available to me before. So that book was definitely, I would say a pillar in in what set me off on this personal development journey, started me off even looking for opportunities to be a business owner because somebody put it on paper and said, yeah, you can do this if you make the decision to, you know?
0: Definitely. And I definitely want to get to what led you to uh, launch the different uh, entities that you have. And the different offerings you have. But now we're, we're on this Robert Kiyosaki trip. So I wanna add one more element to it. So let me tell you my favorite book from Robert Kiyosaki. No one really talks about though. I, I love Rich Dad Poor Dad. I love uh, uh, the cash flow quadrant. But the, my favorite one is why uh, A students work for C students why why a students work for c students and here's what i found in there and hopefully you'll have a chance to read it and uh, maybe we can talk about it in the future but what i found in there is a lot of the a students are so worried about um, having the best grades and having the teacher like them and following the system of being an employee that the c student is usually like a class clown type they, they know the they they know the information but they're really there for the social aspect. Mm-hmm. They're there to really get to know people, you know, the basketball player, the the cheerleaders, the rappers, whoever. They know everything. And the whole school kind of gravitates towards the C students. And sometimes the D students, but we'll, we'll keep it at the C. Um, they gravitate towards the C students uh, socially because that's the cool kid. And so the C student ends up growing up And understanding that really this isn't about who has the best grades or who follows the system. This is really about how many people can you influence to uh, catch your vision and flow with what you want to flow with. And so the C student ends up hiring the A student, you know, because the A student just wants to do a great job. They don't necessarily want to have the equity. They just want to do a really great job and have everybody like them. And so the C student sees that, hires the A student and puts them in position to do really great things. It's a great book. And I I definitely would... Would would recommend that to anyone who's interested.
1: You know, it's crazy. That's why I'm starting to understand that term. Your net work is your net worth more than anything now. And so, when people ask me like, "Oh, do you have any regrets from university or going?" and I'm like, "Yeah, the regret was that I went in there with my head down and my textbook just to take notes, and then I was out. I just wanted the test. I wanted the grades. That's it. But now I'm looking back, like there were some incredible minds in that space the professors, the the president of the student clubs, all of those people who I really could have, if I had focused a little more on my relationship equity, instead of whatever the grades were on my report card, then I would have came out so much stronger on the other side, because that was the true value of school. And a lot of us get used by the school system and conditioned into the employee. And we forget to use the system to build our own network, because your network is what's going to open up the opportunities for you. There's certain people who I could tap into who I wouldn't know about certain investments or certain, you know, information if I did not have those people in my network. And so it's just, I encourage anybody who's in school going back to school or even in a space where you're able to interact with other people, just make sure that you're really building up that relationship equity because you never ever know either what door you can open for somebody or what door is going to be open for you simply because of the relationship that you've created. So that's such a great point. And I'm definitely going to read that book. So thank you for that.
0: And I love that you mentioned relationship equity. I, I, I don't term it that. I usually term it relational equity, but same thing. Right. And so now that you understand relational equity, how have you been moving differently now uh, as opposed to what you're, how you were moving before? How are you building that network? How are you uh, building those relationships? And what advice do you give to people who are trying to do the same? So before...
1: I was constantly looking for people who could add value to my life. It's like, what can I get from that person? Cause that's kind of how we're conditioned. We, if you're taught marketing or business in school, it's like, how do I get this person to buy from me? How do I get this person to, to take what I'm selling? And I realized that that's a completely backwards mentality. What we need, the most successful people are really those who are the greatest at serving They found a way to serve and add value to the most amount of people. And that's why they're so successful. Take a look at Jeff Bezos. There's a reason why he's one of the richest people on the face of this planet, because he has created so much value for so many people and served them at such a high level that he can't even stop all the success. It's impossible. It's coming like a freight train because he has cracked that code on servitude. And so what has changed for me is now I'm constantly looking for how can I add value? How can I support what you're doing? How can I, how can I help you get to that next level? Because the more people that you help find success in their life, you become successful by default cuz those people will want to run through walls for you because you went above and beyond for them and you helped them reach what it is that they want and so now it's almost like their mission to come back and serve you and even if it's not they're going to speak so highly of you that somebody else is going to catch wind of you and that person is going to want to serve you and so i've really just turned that that narrative on its head instead of how can i how can i sell this better how can i you know get more people to to see or or, or take or how do I take more it's like how do I serve more because the more that I give the more people you serve that's the more that you get there's a quote that I literally live by it says if you want more serve more so if you're missing something in your life it's because you just haven't helped enough people you haven't served enough people you're too busy looking for who's going to give to you but what are you giving to other people you know
0: you're dropping so many gems right now. <laughs> um, thank you for for saying that. What I what I've come across is people will say um, something along the lines of. Um, well, how, how do I try and put this the best way? Because w- what will end up happening is people, instead of serving, what they want people to do is to serve them.
1: Yes. Exactly.
0: And, and so they become, I noticed like there's these gatekeepers in, in all walks of life. And so what they'll do is they'll stand by the gate. And instead of wanting you to do better than them, they'll stand by the gate and say, no, no, I'm not going to teach you everything. I'm not going to tell you about this book or that book. I'm going to keep that information to myself. And I'm only going to give you just enough so then you'll work for me forever. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And so they have this thing of, I don't want you to be better than me. But I feel like with the, serve, with, with the service uh, aspect and a, a great book, and you might have already read it, uh, The Go-Giver.
1: I keep hearing about it. I haven't got to it yet, but you know what? This is the, literally the third time oh, in yes. probably the past month. So oh, the, I'm going to go for it.
0: The Go-Giver. And the, what, what The Go-Giver and the essence of, of what it's talking about is you want people to go off and quote unquote, be better than you. Because then now they've positioned themselves to then be a platform for you in the future. Mm-hmm. So you say, hey, here's all the information you need. Here's everything you're going to need. They go off and become uh, a multimillionaire on multi- multiple companies. And then they look, they look back and they're like, wow, you know that person really helped me out. Come with me. Come be a part of what I've built. And then if, now if you decline that, then that's up to you. Yeah. But you've really positioned yourself to be able to uh, go to another level because you weren't trying to stand by the gate. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed uh, the gatekeepers or that opposite mentality of, no, I'm going to keep this information to myself?
1: A hundred percent. And those people are going to be so stuck forever because you can't grow. The thing is, and this is another key that I've learned, it really comes to Collaboration. A lot of people want to try to do things on their own so that they can look like the best. But I almost, I look at it as the people around me. I, in my mind, take that as my report card. How many people have I helped get to where they want to be? And if I, and if, and especially if it's a mutual exchange, like we're trying to create value for each other, I take that as a report. I take it personal. If you come to me or if I decide that I want to serve and and help you and assist you, I look at it my value is based on how many people that I can help get to where they're going. And because of that, and as soon as I had that mindset shift, the doors just blew open for me. And I'm looking at those gatekeepers. And that's such a good term. I'm absolutely going to use that. Those gatekeepers. If you look back five years from now, they're still going to be standing at the gate To the let themselves through because they're shutting their own selves out. They're shutting their own growth off because if you're trying to be the smartest person in the room, then you're in the wrong room. How can you grow? How can you learn? There's no opportunity to get to that next level for yourself because you constantly want to look like the the perfect person. You want to look like you have all the answers and you're shutting your mind off to being able to, to surround yourself with greatness so you can become great. And so I make the conscious effort to surround myself with people who know things that I don't know, because I want to learn, but I'm making sure that I'm not coming empty handed to the table. Cause I'm not just going to come and drain you. I'm going to make sure that if you're giving to me, that there's a, it's a law of reciprocity. There's an ebb and flow to this. I can't just take without giving and, and I can't just give without expecting to receive. It might not be from you, but mm-hmm. the universe is going to send you exactly whatever you put out. So that's another thing to think of. It doesn't just have to be in this interaction. Whatever you put out in this world is going to come back to you. And so if you're putting a block on other people, then you, you might as well have just put that block right in front of yourself.
0: Mm. That's
1: exactly what's happening.
0: Very well put. Is that why you might have multiple reasons, but is one of the reasons why you launched your podcast is to give? Because when I'm listening to your podcast, I'm feeling you just pouring, just pouring information and pouring your soul out uh, over the microphone and and really giving us game. Is that one of the reasons uh, why you started the
1: podcast? 100%. And what I was realizing is a lot of us are blocking our own blessings because we're standing in our own way, because uh, especially, especially in the Black community, it's like a poverty mindset that's passed down generation to generation and by poverty mindset what I mean is just a a lack mentality we're always focusing on what's missing what we don't have and the more energy that we give to the thing that we don't have we're just going to get more of that and so my thing was if I can start having the conversation that I know a lot of people are having in their head anyways and it's it's amazing because people are literally coming to me with these exact words saying, this is what I've been thinking. I've just never heard somebody say it. And I just realized that if I wanted more value in my life, I'm trying to build my business. I'm trying to grow, but I realized I'm not valuable enough. I haven't provided enough. I'm not giving enough. And so this is exactly why, that's exactly why I launched this podcast because it was saying, how can I be of service? Look how much information I've been blessed with. I have the most incredible people around me who are just constantly pouring into me. And it's like, who am I to keep all of this information that was given to me for free? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so in a lot of cases I did pay for the information and and really invested the the financial means behind it. But it's like, if I've been blessed with this information, it's not, it's not for me. I was given it so I could give it. And the thing is, I'm not, a lot of people say you're giving too much, you're giving too much. How is anybody going to pay you? But it's like, here's the thing. I don't think it's possible to give too much because I'm on this constant growth journey. So I'm going to give you where, what I've got while I'm right here in this moment, in this phase. So if you're also in this moment, in this phase, you can tap into that and take exactly what you need at any point in your journey and run with it. And so I'm impacting people that I've never even met before. People Mm -hmm. are landing in my inbox saying, listen, because of you, I started my business because of you. I went and had that conversation with, with my mother that I wasn't you know wasn't thinking of having because of you i decided to read that book and for me that is all of the compensation in the world like i don't even if i don't see a penny from that just knowing that i've impacted somebody in that way and that if i was to leave this planet tomorrow that somebody would have something so beautiful to say about who i was and how i served in their lives to me that means more than than anything and so the podcast really was just how can i I just feel so overwhelmed with blessings. How can I give this back? It almost felt like a responsibility to, to share what I'm learning as I'm learning it, you know?
0: I definitely sense that. Every time I'm listening to an episode, I said, let me get ready. <laughs> <laughs> because cause I know I have to, I have to, because if you're not paying attention, you'll miss the blessing.
2: True.
0: And so I'm making sure that I get in tune and, and get ready. And, and I know we featured you on a, a couple of uh Of our playlist Uh, because I want to make sure actually I just updated the playlist and added your most recent episode uh, to the playlist because I want people to get in tune with the right frequency Mm -hmm. and sometimes it may not be my voice that does it it may not be listening to our podcast that does it you may have to have a different voice that 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 does it and I'm I'm fine with that because I listen to all of y'all All the dope people that are podcasting, I feel like we're revolutionaries. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I feel like we're, we're kind of cutting through, Oh, I'm about to use a word that fits perfectly for you. We're cutting through the matrix.
2: Yeah.
0: Right. And so speaking of matrix, where did that name come from and uh, building your Academy and and, and building your, your mastermind, where did that name come from? And how can people be a part of what you're currently building?
1: So my mentor is a, phenomenal. I just, there's no words on this planet to describe this person, but his name is Mr. Byron Nelson, and he is a personal mentor of mine. He has created a global platform called The Matrix Group, and it's for entrepreneurs all around the world, just the most amazing people you could ever meet in your life, who really just, exactly how I said, they're looking for collaboration. And so- I just learned so much from this gentleman. It turned, it's not even just a mentorship, it was like family now because he even flew in from Los Angeles, California to Toronto for our wedding last summer. And wow. so it's really, it's really a family and he's just served so highly in our lives and putting the matrix in there was really almost like a, a homage to him. We wanted to t- pay tribute and basically say thank you for unlocking whatever like chains were around our mind and were constricting us from, from being who it is that we're supposed to be. And so we put Matrix up in front of there, but Legacy Inc. is really our brand because everything that we do is about being able to create a legacy. What is it that you're going to leave behind? Too many people are too caught up in, oh my God, what am I going to do tonight? What am I going to do tomorrow? But it's mm-hmm. like, who are you? What do you remember for? What is the point of you being here if you're not going to leave it better than how you came? like what's the what's the point what's the purpose and so we're really just trying to promote for people to focus more on the impact and Mm -hmm. not so much the vanity all everybody's chasing likes and chasing follows and it's like none of that matters are they gonna write how many followers you had on your tombstone like it's not gonna happen we're chasing the wrong things, and so we wanted to call it legacy to constantly remind people what every single day that you wake up what is my impact what am i doing what's what's my purpose here you know Mm -hmm. and so it's actually an acronym and so we lead the team we we mentor um (laughs) a ton of people actually but um so it's really uh an acronym so the l is for leadership okay and so you have to be a leader in your in your own life a lot of people try to lead others but they can't even lead themselves so leadership is very I
0: like that i like that
1: the E is for excellence. You've got to be stra- if you're going to do something, you might as well just do it well or else. I mean, what's the point? That's a waste, right. of, that's a waste of energy. I agree. So the G is for growth. We've got to be in a constant state of growth. How do I grow my mindset? How do I grow my bank account? How do I grow my relationships? Whatever that looks like. So the, the G is for growth. The A is for action. This is where so many people get lost. Yes. We get these great ideas, we get the information, and then we sit on it and we take in more and more and more. And then eventually you have so much information in your head. Now you're stuck. Analysis paralysis. You can't yes. move now because you took it too much. So yes. action is the A. And then why is for you? Because if mm. you're gonna leave a legacy, it's up to you and it's yours. And so you constantly have to be doing that self-care, that self-reflection, that that growth and development of you because there's no legacy of yours without you. And so it was really an acronym. And we, the focus is just how do we create impact? How do, and by impact, our, our connection to those words is wealth. If you can create a wealthy life, then that is how you create impact. So wealth in your relationships, wealth in your health, wealth in the way that you think. And then the money just shows up in your bank account as a byproduct of all of that. So that's, that's really how we came up with that.
0: I love that. I'm going to pull out one of those and, and highlight it. You talked about excellence uh, and always doing your best. Have you ever read the book, The Four Agreements by you Don Miguel Ruiz? I've heard of that, The
1: Four Agreements.
0: Now that has made it into my top five now. Oh, yeah? Okay? Actually, I, I would argue that it's probably top two uh, okay. right now. So The Four Agreements, one of The Four Agreements uh, is always do your best.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, your best will change from day to day. But it reminded me so much of what you were saying on the excellence side. Uh, but operate in excellence, always do your best. Those two uh, are, are very uh, similar when, when I heard that. I would definitely encourage you, if you get an opportunity, to read the four agreements. It's about personal freedom. As much as we talk about uh, personal development, I don't think that we're, we can truly be developed until we're willing to be free. Mm-hmm. Free from you know what somebody else is thinking about us, free from making assumptions, free from uh, what, the, what society tells us is uh, important to us, free to decide for ourselves what our legacy is going to be, uh, free to decide what impact we're going to make. And so what the book really talks about is how to be free using these four agreements and stepping outside of what everybody else wants for you and deciding for yourself, how you're going uh, to move forward.
1: Got it. Oh my goodness. While you were talking, I realized I spelled legacy wrong. I forgot the C.
0: <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's we'll throw the C in there. Where's the C?
1: So the C is for culture. You have okay. to develop a culture that people can identify with.
2: Gotcha.
1: So Who? It's based on your values. So, when people come into your space, what is the culture that you've created? What is the vibe? What is the energy? What is the standard that you have set mm. for yourself and the people that you bring into your world? I like and, that. Uh, yeah. And so, that I can't, ask, I mean, I don't know how I. <laughs> <make that> one, <laughs> it's but all
0: good. We it. all make mistakes. You did your best.
1: <laughs> we got <right>? it. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, I'm absolutely going to check out that book for sure because I think that's. Definitely in alignment with everything that we've got
0: going on here. So, I would take so, that. Out. So, as you you launched your platform, you've launched a podcast. You're attracting uh, and manifesting people into your life. What has been some of the things that stand out to you that you've noticed as maybe a pattern that uh, keeps showing up for people who are trying to reach uh, this new wealth mindset that you mentioned? What is a pattern or a common thread that you're noticing?
1: I'm noticing that people care way too much about opinions than mm. they care about their own future. Mm. And so the word, I heard it on a, on a training call I was on the other day. It's like, you've got to care more about your future than you do about your feelings. And so as I'm developing, there's people who will come forward and they're like, I want help. I want assistance. I want this. I want that. And so it's like, okay, great. Here's the plan. Then they will go talk to their friend who is not ready yet to grow or their parent who has not yet seen something that outside of their own little world, and they will allow people to snatch their dreams so quick because they're more concerned with how that person feels about what they're doing than they feel about their own space, whatever it is that they're building. And that is what makes me go so hard. and makes me so passionate about it because it's like, if we're constantly trying to make everybody happy, then what, what are we doing? You know what I mean? There's no time for you to actually build anything because everybody's always going to have an opinion. Opinions are free. Everybody's got them, but they make no, there's no value behind the opinion. If there's no action, there's no, there's no progression. There's none of that. And so one of the main things that I'm seeing, especially as I'm attracting more people, a lot of people can say with their words, what they want, but their actions will show you who they are. They will show you, you can't listen to what people are saying, they will show you every single time. It's like, hey, coach, I want to get on the court. I'm ready for the game. Let's go. But then you look and all game, they're sitting up in the bleachers because they weren't actually ready to get on the court. And on the court to them is the glitz and the glamour and everything that looks beautiful. And they say, yeah, I want that. But they don't realize what it took to get on the court. They don't realize how much practice went into it. They don't realize how much sweat and how much, you know, muscle tears and all of that stuff that you had to put in in order to get on the court. And so this is another reason why we've created our platform. Cause it's like, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm only at the like ooh, tip of the iceberg of where I'm trying to go. And so I want people to see the journey and hear the struggle and see the backstage because we get such an unrealistic view of what success is and, and what it takes to get there. And so I just, that trend of people really caring more about how people view them than how they feel about their own selves and how their life is panning out is an unfortunate trend that I'm seeing, to be honest. But that's the fuel that I'm able to use to try to create content and try to see, okay, how can I meet you where you are? Because I understand that the way that you're thinking is not necessarily your fault. You've just taken in so much information from the people who you respect, the authority figures, that kind of thing. But you haven't taken the time to shape your own mind. So it's like, how can I just reach you where you're at so Mm -hmm. you can start seeing the potential in yourself break out of those chains of other people's opinions and go do what you're called to do you know
0: in many ways what they're doing and i i i'm interested in hearing what your opinion is on this in many ways they're doing the right thing but in in maybe the wrong order let me explain what i what i mean like so before you go do anything they always say seek wise counsel Mm
2: -hmm.
0: right and so this new thing will come about and you're like, okay, well, I'm, I need to go seek wise counsel, which is technically right. Right. You go seek wise counsel, you go talk to the wise counsel, they give you game on it. They tell you, Hey, look for this, look for that pay attention to this. Don't do this. And then you've kind of got a, a quick crash course into that decision. And then from that counsel, you can make your own decision. Mm -hmm. What many people are doing is they're just seeking counsel Uh, and it's not necessarily wise. Right. So they'll hear something that has a really great opportunity and they'll say, well, you know, I got to go seek wise counsel, but they don't necessarily filter out what's wise and what's not. So all they do is go get counsel. And so they go to someone who isn't necessarily wise in this area. They may be wise in another area. I ain't trying to call them fools, but they may not be wise in this area. So they go to someone and they're like, well, what do you think about this? Do you think this would be good? And the person will say, well, I don't know about that. Um, you know, since I don't know anything about that, I would stay away from that. Yeah. And technically, for the, the level that person's on, I guess it is wise to say, hey, you know, we don't know nothing about that. We can't trust that. I fear what I don't understand type of mentality, the lack mentality. And so someone believes with the same action, hey, I, I'm seeking wise counsel. I went and, and got a second opinion and they said, stay away from it. So now I'm going to go back and do what I was doing. Cause I don't trust that thing. And wow. so it's a similar action. It's always, it's, it's very similar to in, um, in the Bible, it talks about uh, the wheat and the tear. And I'm not about to get religious, but just bear with me. The wheat and the tear look very similar to each other and you can never tell them apart. And so, counsel and wise counsel appears to be the same because it's the same person It's a a person sitting at that table and they're standing there and they're ready to to give you information, but depending on their, uh, experience, depending on what they know, what they've been through and their, uh, know how in that particular sector or that particular area, it may not be wise. So I think that's what ends up happening when they're looking for that confirmation.
1: That is so good. I heard something the other day. It was like, the most sincere people can also be sincerely wrong. Mm. And so the people around you are trying to protect you, but they don't even know what they're trying to protect you from. They're protecting you from the unknown because they've never taken that journey. So instead of advising for us to go and find somebody who has found success in that area and ask them, because, hey, if I haven't done it, I don't know, but go find somebody who's If you want to win, go find somebody who won and ask them what it's like because that person will know. Instead, they try to utilize the opinion, but opinions are like, there's no value and everybody has an opinion, right? Right. But the way that you find out if something works or if there's a way to succeed is go find somebody who's already done it because obviously they did something to get to where they are. And it was the same thing. This is another one of the things that really set us on our journey. My husband and I, um Going through university, we were always talking about being able to move in together after we graduate, but we were just thinking of renting because my parents had always rented their whole lives, and that just didn't occur to me. you know, I wanted to be a homeowner, but I'm like, I don't know if my parents can't do it, maybe I can't do it either, right. Mm-hmm. So eventually, through, through mentorship, we were on a training call one day, and they were just breaking down the difference between why ownership is important versus renting. Because if you're renting, by the time you get to the end, you, you've given away all these thousands of dollars, paid somebody else's mortgage, and then you have to go and start all over. Mm-hmm. Versus if you take a little hit in the beginning, it's going to be a little harder, you're going to be challenged and stretched a bit more. But at the end of that, you've got an asset that eventually you can pull equity out of, you can rent it out, et cetera, et cetera my parents now the reason they weren't homeowners is because when they went to the bank the bank went and told them listen you're gonna need a hundred thousand dollars before you can make a down payment or purchase a house and so they're like okay a hundred thousand dollars that's out of my league i can't do that so they left they just didn't they didn't even think about it again right but here's the thing that bank was basically just saying we don't want to loan to you now i'm not going to say why they didn't want to loan but i'm sure we can fill in the blanks here mm-hmm. So my husband and I, we say, you know what, let's right. go find some people who have already purchased homes, people who are already finding success in the real estate industry and find out what they're doing. So we get connected to this incredible broker, amazing real estate agent, and we are actually able to purchase our first house at the age of 23. So this is about two, two years ago. Then my parents are looking like, how the hell? Sorry. <laughs> my two year old children just purchase a house I've been renting my whole life. So we just go with the information that we had received information from people who had actually done it, because I'm sure that banker doesn't even own their house and is trying to give my parents advice on how to be a homeowner. Mm -hmm. And so they were misinformed. And so we give them the information that we have, connect them to the people who we're connected to. And four months later, my parents go and they purchase a home. Wow. And so that just shows exactly what you're saying. There's a difference between counsel and wise counsel. Make sure you're checking the receipts of that person who is giving you that information and make sure they've got the lifestyle and the result that you're looking for. Somebody who's never owned a house before can't teach you how to own a house. Somebody who's never even made $100,000 in a year can't teach you how to be a millionaire if that's your desire. Somebody who's never been to a certain country cannot tell you the ins and outs, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you got to mm-hmm. find somebody who's actually done what it is that you're trying to do and make sure that they've got the result that you're looking to have. That is the wise counsel that you're looking for. You can't speak to somebody who hasn't taken the journey that you want to take. They can offer you advice and, and, you know, what they want to protect you, but at the end of the day, they've never done it. So they mm-hmm. can't speak from a place of wisdom because they've never had that experience.
0: Yes. Now you just reminded me of something else and let me know if you have found this to be the same, um, same experience. I found that whenever I'm seeking wise counsel, they are very receptive. The right people will be very receptive to wanting to pour in as much wisdom into me as possible. Because if it's the same thing we were saying earlier about opposite of a gatekeeper, if they can pour into me and I can go off and do that next level thing, I'm going to bring them with me. And so they're like, Oh yeah. Okay. We're going to get you ready for this thing. Here's everything you need to know. Here's your wise counsel Um, from here, make your best decision. And they'll never necessarily say you have to do this or you have to do that. They'll just lay out all the facts that they they're aware of and say, here's everything you need. And sometimes you have to pay for it. But a lot of times I found, that people just want to pour into you because they see the journey you're on and they want to be a part of that journey. And there's loyalty to that. Have you found similar in your experiences?
1: The alignment in this conversation is insane. I just did an Instagram live yesterday and we were speaking about how usually the people who are are not actually finding success, those are the people who don't want to share their information. It's the gurus the gurus who get you into their program just to sell you another program, just to sell you another program and put you in that feedback loop. Those people actually don't know what it is that they're talking about. They probably just read a book really good, got what they needed and and put it out there. But a lot of times they don't actually have the experience because once you have those experiences and you've gone through that, those challenges, the most exciting thing for you is to know that your challenge is worth something because it made it easier for somebody else. That reward is just out of this world and and you understand what serving somebody is going to bring back to you because you've reached that level of success in your life where there's what am I what am I keeping the information for what's the point. Right. I can't do anything with it anymore. You know, I've learned it and now I'm, I'm on to the next. So it's like, but if something I went through can help you, then that's how you know that you're speaking with a success, a person who's found true success because they want to share. Yes. Now, I'm not saying that everybody, you should just expect free game from, all. you know what I'm saying? If you really mm-hmm. want mentorship, you got to pay. And, and the people who found success also know if you don't pay, you don't pay attention. So mm-hmm. if I give you this free information, you're just going to take it and do absolutely nothing with it because you didn't pay for it. So you allowed it to go over your head. Whereas if you had invested $1,000, 2000 whatever the heck it is for an hour of my time, now it's like, okay, I paid for this, so I'm going to get what I paid for. Right. And so I absolutely, I absolutely agree. There's so much alignment in that. If somebody is trying to hoard or keep information, it's, it's because they don't really have information. Mm,
0: I like that. Or they have just enough. They don't have an abundance of information. So by the time they give away that one thing, That's all they, got. <laughs> That's all they, they got. And they got to keep that one thing. That's all they got. They got that one thing. So before we go to how people can connect with you, how they can partner with you, collaborate with you, there's something I like to do whenever there's a podcaster that's on uh, the program with us. Hey, you get the opportunity to ask questions too. So before we uh, head over to how how people can partner with you and collaborate, what questions do you have for Black Equity? What questions do you have for me that uh, hopefully we'll be able to answer for you?
1: Absolutely. So first of all, I absolutely love everything about this platform. When I saw that you had me featured on there, I was absolutely honored, especially to see all the incredible content, to see the longevity. It's that consistency that's key and it's so inspiring to me because a lot of times we cut ourselves short because oh I didn't get enough numbers. I didn't get enough whatever. But you're like, nah, I'ma just do this. If you catch it, catch it. If you don't, no problem. And that's why you're finding success. So the term black equity is so powerful to me and i want to know what's the meaning behind that to you what does black equity what's the definition of it in your world what does that mean to you
0: i believe that we need to have an equitable society in all facets and there's never going to be true equity unless black people whatever we want to call ourselves african americans whatever unless black people are first in line to the equity line especially and i'm not saying that saying this just because you standing here especially black women if black women are not at the front of that line right right next to that being black men and and black children if we're not at the beginning of that line there's no way there's an equitable society it's it's not possible and so I, i believe black equity symbolizes how do we create an equitable society and how do we lead from a black perspective? If we lead with a black perspective, that's gonna be the closest way we'll ever get to equity. If you have a, a white mentality or a, a non-black mentality, it's close to equity, but based off of how history is and how life has been, if the black, black uh, people from all over the globe aren't first in line to that equitable conversation, or even, even allowed in the room, there's a there's going to be an issue so our job is to study how we create equitable uh, equitable society and so we're looking at all the different sectors all the different things that are facing us sometimes it's uh another great book i'm not sure if you read this um powernomics by dr claude anderson and he he talks about the five pillars of how to build a community and he talks about first is economics and so you know, a lot of what we were talking about today is kind of around the economic side. But then once you have your economic straight and you got your money flowing, what do you do next? And he talks about the next thing you need to do is put your money into the politics game. Because now you need to have somebody advocating for you in different sectors because you can't be everywhere at all times. So you put people in position in the politics realm. A lot of us aren't doing that yet. Um, and then once you have the, the politicians in place, then you look at the justice system. Uh, Once you have the justice system in place, then you look at uh, the media and making sure that you hold the the media accountable or own your own media so you can control your narrative. And then once you do that, then you focus on education. What I have found, and even the book kind of mentions it, we're going in reverse. Mm. The first thing that we do like at six years old or whatever age it is, is education. We haven't even learned nothing about economics yet. We go into education, then we come home from school and we turn on the TV and we start looking at the media yeah. and media could be the cartoons. It could be the news. It could be MTV, whatever it may be. And then, uh, you know, we grow up and then we, we bump into the justice system. We're driving our car. Somebody pulls us over. They want to take us off to jail. And, you know, who knows if we're going to make it home or not now, now, at this point, we don't have the economics in place. We don't have everything, uh, the, the structure there. So we call Jesse Jackson and these uh, people to advocate for us and hope that we can, you know, get out of this jam, but we don't have the necessary politics in place to get out of that jam. And so then we're, we're like, okay, I'm in jail or wherever. Come bail me out, right? Economics. Well, we don't have the economics in place. So what the book talks about is let's reverse this system and let's build our economic structure out. That should be one of the first things we learn before we go off to school and let's build this path. Right. So for me, black equity is about economic justice and it's about uh, cultural justice and uh, social justice uh, for equitable society. Great question.
1: I love that so much. I'm getting goosebumps. And now I'm going to run over and read that book because that, that makes so much sense, and I didn't even think about it that way. But even just logically looking at it, we are doing things backwards, and we're allowing outside sources to control the narrative. And that's why a lot of wealthy people don't even send their children to like public schools, they're sending them to private schools because they've understood how the system is wired to obviously for a greater agenda. But if we're looking for the agenda of our legacy and of the generations to come, we've got to rewire. And just because that's how it's always been done does not mean that it's the right way. So I'm absolutely going to take a look at that. I, I do have one more question for you. Go, ahead. Go ahead. Feel the passion when you speak um, to that. And there has to be something that drives that. So I want to know what is the thing that inspires you the most, especially when things might get rough, especially when numbers might not be up or whatever that looks like what is it that inspires you the most and that you can turn to, to say, this is why I've got to keep going. This is why I'm doing this. What's your biggest inspiration?
0: I remember being maybe 11 or 12 years old and I stumbled across a couple of different books, but the the book that stood out to me was the autobiography of Malcolm X. Hmm. And I remember reading that book and then kind of stumbled, there was certain things in the book, that led me to other books. And I started going down this path of trying to understand our place in this society. And it was a like a huge wake up call and a little scary at 12, 13 years old, kind of looking around like, well, shoot, we're kind of quartered here. Like what's going on? You know, I've been born black. What am I going to do? Right. <laughs> right. And so I, I uh, at the time I wasn't sure Well, is this a privilege? Is this a a good thing or a bad thing? How do we combat this thing? And so I remember being lost. I I remember, you know, looking and then looking at these movies, the the Michael Max movie and looking at the the game. And every time something happened, we got to a certain place where they took us out. There was assassinations uh, happening. And so I just was looking. I'm a big studier of history. And so I just remember that, that 11, 12, 13, 14 year old kid who was lost and I ended up going on the other side. I ended up going to university. I ended up getting my master's. I ended up finding out about this wealth mindset. And so everything that I'm building and and having conversations about, I'm really just talking to my old self. I'm really talking to that 12, 13, 14-year-old kid. Uh, Sometimes I cuss on here, so I apologize to my my younger self sometimes. But sometimes you need it. Um, But I'm really talking to, to him and saying, or her, and saying, hey, there there is there is a pathway out of our history. Our history is important, but it doesn't necessarily have to define our future. It can be the the it could be the catalyst to get us to where we need to be. And so every conversation I'm having, the topics, I'm trying to design a blueprint or a pathway um, for anybody who's in that position to decide what's best for them because there's so many different pathways to generational wealth but for some reason we think there's like one or two but you can be anything you want to be in in this life so that that's kind of where i go to when i and you're right it's a great question because i get stuck a lot
2: Mm -hmm.
0: where it's like man is what we're doing really is it beneficial are people really picking us up but then i get an email or somebody will contact and say yo I just checked out your episode from, they'll say something. I'm like, man, that was three months ago. Uh I just checked out your episode and it really got me through. Thank you so much. And so when I'm reading that, I just see my younger self when I, when I see that, I'm like, Oh shoot, it's working. And so that's where, that's where my mind goes.
1: Beautiful. I love that. I love that. And that's the same mission that I'm on basically is how do I leave a blueprint? So I love that you, you said those exact words because it's like, especially when we look at other communities. If we look at, I was reading some statistics the other day. And so like in the Jewish community, for example, they will go ahead and pass the wealth around 17 times within their own community before they ever send it anywhere else. Yeah. Somehow in the black community, it's one time or none at all. We're just yeah. so... To to send it other ways and so what I've realized is they've literally created a blueprint even if you look so like the Asian community for example if somebody decides to come and fly in they start a business they've got you know a cousin's house that they could stay in and somebody's going to set them up with a shop and they're going to be set up with all of the support and they're going to band together and 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 create wealth. And that's because it's a blueprint that was built years ago and they just keep passing it on generation to generation and it works. And so I'm like, okay, so what is our blueprint? And so that's the point. Literally every episode that I drop, I say, here's a building block for success. Let's create our blueprint for success because it's like, if I've already taken all of this time learning, why should you have to go and take all this time to learn the exact same thing from our parents? Let's say your parent has you when they're 30, 40 years old. You should have 40 years of knowledge that you can pick up from there and take that even going forward. You shouldn't have to start and learn 40 years of knowledge all over again by yourself. And so that's why I'm like, how do I just create this blueprint, create something that can stand and is timeless so you can come and tap in wherever you are in your journey and pick up that piece that you need? Because there's no reason why my children should come out and have to figure out 25 years of wisdom on their own. No, I want you to take what I've got and go build on top of that. That is how we create generational wealth. And that's not just in our finances, but in our knowledge, we should be able to pass that along. And so that's, I love that. That's exactly why I use that term in my podcast. How do we create our blueprint for success? And so that's what clearly both of us are doing. And I think it's, it's amazing. So
0: I love the I love the frequency. I love everything that you and your husband are doing. You're shifting the culture, you're shifting society. Um, just keep going. no matter what happens, keep going. Uh, there is someone out there who needs that information. Um, and so you have a friend here. Uh, if you ever want to come back on black equity, please come back. But before you go, before you go, how can we reach out? How can we collaborate? How can we partner with you? Uh, Let us know how we can do that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So what I love the most, I'm super active on social media. So Instagram is the best place. It's at Olesia underscore G. That's O-L-I-S-Y-A underscore G. I usually drop pieces of the podcast from there. So if you are exactly a podcast listener, I also have the visual. So if you want to check it out on YouTube, you could do that at Building a Legacy. Or you can check out the Legacy podcast on any streaming platforms. Um, Beyond that, we've got the Matrix Legacy app. If you're looking to just stay up to date with everything, we've got our podcast on there. We've got details for all of the events and things that we have going on. So I would say the app is probably the easiest way. You can hop in the, in the Apple store or the Google play store and download that matrix legacy is the app. And also we just launched the Academy. So for those who are looking for some form of informal mentorship, Um, some ways to just start creating wealth in every aspect of your life. We've got masterclasses, book club, accountability, everything that you can think of just for people who are really trying to find their footing and say, how do I get to that next level? I don't even know the questions to ask. I just know I'm trying to get somewhere and I don't necessarily know exactly what it's going to take to get there, but surrounding yourself with people who are also on that same journey, that's how you get that answer. That's how you shape the question that you don't even know how to ask because there's other people on the same journey as you so we've really created that environment for just growth and and wealth building and then even beyond that if you're looking to start an online business you can always contact me as well i can show you exactly what i did it was a two would say two to three year process still in process but we were able to use a vehicle that was already established to create a resource, to create the money that we need to fund the passion projects that we love now. And that's what it is. Financial literacy is what I'm passionate about, but I first had to find a way to get money out of the way as the issue so that I could pursue my passion. And I couldn't have the option to walk away from my job because that's what I wanted to do. That's not everybody's goal, but you should, the goal should be how do you create options so you can create freedom in your life and so if you need the blueprint for that i got you on that as well so definitely the app is the best place to to have everything in one place matrix legacy app is is the download for that so
0: and before we before we go i have one last question who are you who are you looking to manifest what type of person are you hoping walks through that door to uh work with you
1: Okay, so that that depends on the platform, but overall, who we're speaking Mm -hmm. to is the aspiring entrepreneurs, the side hustlers, and the big dreamers. So side hustlers, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking about myself in my corporate position. I was was in a great, (laughs) it was a great job that I had, great job on paper, Mm -hmm. but there was something inside that says, I'm more than this, and my value is elsewhere because I was looking at all the other people around me who were so passionate about what they were doing. And I just didn't have that. And I needed a plan. And so I was just so grateful that I had people around me that could show me the options. And so I was able to build a side hustle to build a scale build a business that I could leverage against everything else that that I've got going on. So I'm really speaking to the person who is trying to turn their side hustle into a main hustle and they just don't know the way there. They just don't know how exactly to navigate through that forest because that's exactly how it was for me. So it's a lot easier for me to speak to myself, (laughs) but there's other Mm -hmm. people who can relate to that same journey as well, because at the end of the day, we're all looking for the same thing. We're looking for flexibility. We're looking for freedom. We're looking for the ability to take care of the things that we see value in taking care of. And so that's really what everything that matrix legacy inc is about how do you create a wealthy lifestyle so that's what we're looking for
0: alicia grant thank you so much for coming on black equity podcast the doors are open for you to come back in the future uh continue this conversation let us know of any new initiatives you have going on uh thank you so much any final words before we go
1: again i just i'm so honored to be on this platform i don't think you understand i'm so very grateful for it i'm so very grateful for the people who are doing the work a lot of us have these great ideas in in our mind and then we kind of step into the the fire and realize that it's hot and so we retreat but i think i just want to acknowledge the fact that you have realized the value in what you're doing and because you realize the impact that 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 is necessary, that so many people are able to tap in and find exactly what they need at that moment. And we're just really pushing the needle forward. So I just wanna acknowledge you for, for taking that leap and continuing the journey and doing the work and being the example that the community needs to see we have a leader that we want to follow and, that's, and, and follow until we're able to become that leader as well. So I just encourage anybody who's listening to this podcast or anybody who finds me on social media, whatever that looks like, if you are not in a position to be a leader of your life as yet, find somebody who has already found success in the areas that you want to find it and just follow and lean on them, learn from them, take what you can from the people who are really doing things until you're able to find that footing, until you're able to stand up on your own without the crutch. But it's okay to need somebody first. It's okay to borrow somebody's vision until you have your own. So don't be afraid to, to lean and look to people who are really finding success in the areas that you want to, because that is exactly how you're going to find it for yourself. We're all just trying to figure it out. <laughs> We're all trying to figure it out. So figure it out together. That's really the, the message that I want to leave there. So thank you for this. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm honored.
0: Thank you for, for coming on. Thank you for being very gracious, uh, responding to us and quickly saying, yes, let's have this conversation. And I look forward to talking to you soon.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much.
0: If you love this conversation as much as I did and you want to connect and collaborate with our guest today, send us a message over at black network at gmail.com. If you are a member of our Patreon community, you'll actually get a personal introduction to any of our guests from the past. We will make that introduction for you, but only if you're part of our Patreon community. Otherwise, if you're interested in collaborating, Uh, We will uh, reach out to them on your behalf and see how we can uh, make that happen. But it won't be a personal introduction like it will be if you are a member. But thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We uh, definitely went down a really dope path, you know, reflecting and sharing information with each other. And uh, if you are interested in building generational wealth, This is a conversation you want to go back and listen to over and over and over again. This is a timeless conversation on wealth. And sometimes it means getting the imposters and the gatekeepers out of the way. Thank you for listening to Black Equity Podcast. Until we meet again, my friends.